Welcome, bride chillas and groom chillas. Groom chillas, Alicia. Let's uh, let's workshop that. You're listening to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast, the number one wedding podcast hosted by author, comedian, and wedding advice giverer Alicia McCormick. Q and A Thursday. I am Alicia. I am the host of the show, and I want to start today by saying that I have taken a bit of my own advice, which you know I should be doing a bit more often, and that is I have reinvested my sponsorship money. To help myself be a little bit more sane. If you heard last week's episode, I don't know when you're listening to this, and I'm hope when you're listening to this, I still have sponsors attached to the podcast. I've been making this show for about 15 months now, and it's been a labor of love and passion, which is where lots of good businesses and ideas come from. And I think as a performer, you just do this sort of thing for a career. You go and do your day job, which of course I'm still doing, sort of happily, and you power on. It's what you do. But really, I've learned in this year and a bit of doing the podcast, my biggest thing is trying to keep you all happy and producing the best content possible, and trying to come up with great topics, reading all your emails, and then trying to formulate your wants into content that helps you. That's like my driving force. I think about it so much. So Rich and I were talking about what to do with your generous donations and also this little bit of money we've got from the sponsorship. And we both came to the conclusion that what would really help me is help, basically, is to take it one step forward and find someone that's willing to give me a couple of hours a day to help me organize my shit. And I tell you this for two reasons. The first is, well, the first is if you write to me, you may receive an email reply from a lovely lady called Jess, who is my little email ninja is what I'm calling her because she's great. And it doesn't mean I'm not reading your emails. I read every single one of them. It just means that she might respond to you and say, hey, Alicia's going to answer your question on the show, or if it's a really great uh, voicemail, thank you very much for your voicemail. We're going to use it. I'm still 100% involved. But it's also a message of transparency because, you know, we're all friends and I want to tell you what I'm doing. But I wanted to say it's like hiring a wedding planner. I equate this to saying I can't do everything. I would love to be superwoman. I have tried to be superwoman, but it means I don't see my husband and I don't get to exercise and I don't get to do other things I like to do, which also means I don't get to produce the best show possible. So I really, as much as it pained me in handing over a bit of responsibility and a bit of control to someone else, even having the first three or four days of this, I felt this this sort of this weight lift off my shoulders. So I say this for anyone considering hiring a wedding planner or getting a bit of extra help or relinquishing some control in their lives and in some facet of their lives. Just do it. Have a crack anyway, because the least, the worst that can happen is that you go, this is not for me. I'm not going to have someone help me. I'm only four days into this experiment, so I can't really give you an answer. But I do know already just being able to send Jess an email and go, listen, I've had five people send emails to me and ask if I could talk about their product on the show. I don't really do that, by the way. Well, not in the way they want me to do it, especially when they say, hey, guys, we really like the show that you do. And you're like, well, 
I think you'd probably know that I'm Alicia and I just do the show on my own if you'd listened. That's just not really my scene. Uh, you know, she can write back to them so I can then focus on writing to you and making the show the best. There it is. Finito. End of story. That's where I'm at. I had a great week this week so far. You are sending me so many wonderful Q&A questions, which also Jess is helping me organize in a spreadsheet. I fucking hate spreadsheets, but she's really good at spreadsheets already. She's like, no, no, here's a good way. This You can put this question here, and then we'll know which question you've answered, and we'll be able to email someone and say, hey, Alicia's going to answer your question. Ah, uh, hello, organization station. Thank you. So, look, hopefully my show will be more organized and you will know when your question is going to be answered because she's on it. I love her. There it is. Voicemails are currently my favorite thing that you guys do. Because I get to hear your voices, I get to hear the nuances, the subtle nuances of your issues, problems, and uh, <laughs> I also like being able to cut in and talk over you. It's just what I do. If you get to know me in real life, I probably do that probably a little bit too much. However... I've received a wonderful voicemail from a bride chiller and groom chiller who have wished to remain anonymous. Hi, Alicia. This is a bride chiller and groom chiller from Los Angeles. We have quite the predicament for you and Rich. One of our friends is getting married the weekend after our wedding, but the problem is they're not invited to our wedding. So can we attend theirs without inviting them to ours? Normally, they would just be obligation guests. But due to the timing of the back-to-back weekends, are we forced to invite them and all of the mutual friends that will be invited to the hers? The thing is, hers is probably going to be a 200, 250-person wedding. And ours is only going to be 60. So where do we draw the line? Please help. Love the podcast, and thanks from Los Angeles. Thank you. I didn't even want to butt in because you two are adorable. I love you both, and this is a conundrum. But I feel initially, and you might not agree with me, bride chillers and groom chillers out there listening, but I feel like this actually already is an easy answer because you've sort of answered it in your own way by saying they're having a really big wedding and you're having a nice petite wedding. I like a 60-seater wedding. That's a good number. We had a 60-seater wedding, and it was quite comfortable. My initial question for you would be, are you going on a honeymoon, and therefore will you be there for the wedding? Will you actually be after a week after your wedding? Will you be around to go to their wedding? Who knows? As you said already, these people would be obligation guests to you. And as a 200-seat wedding, I would say if you were to put them in a corner and say, if you could only invite 60 people to your wedding... 200 wedding people, people, would we be on the list? And I'm not saying this to be saying you're not important, but if you think they're obligation guests, you may very well be obligation guests yourself, which I think you're sort of acknowledging in your message. So in the email that was attached with the wonderful voice message from this wonderful anonymous couple, they did ask what my thoughts were when it came to the idea that it might be awkward being at a wedding where a lot of people, a lot of the mutual friends were at the week before, e.g. your wedding and then you're going to another wedding where the same group of people were. But of course, the bride and groom weren't there because they weren't invited. So... I don't think this is a real problem because the bride and groom on the day, if they've got a 200 to 250 head wedding, you're probably just going to get a wave across the room. If not, a quick hello, 
happy wedding. Good to see you. Bye. That's, you know, on that sort of day with that sort of amount of people, you can't be expected really to spend too much time with them, which is, you know, maybe not the best advice from my point of view to go, just go along and have a nice time and see all the people you saw the week before at your wedding, but spend some more time with them and obviously share this lovely day with this wonderful couple. But you probably won't be getting the orcs because they'll be having their wedding and thinking about themselves. Lastly, I want to acknowledge something that you also wrote in the email, and that is they weren't choosing to plan their wedding to clash with your wedding because they didn't know about your wedding because they weren't invited to your wedding. So there is no ill feeling. I'm certainly getting the impression it's just a happy coincidence, but also a happy coincidence that puts you in the situation of being a little bit concerned about the social niceties of what to do. I think you stick to your guns. Don't invite them to your wedding Give them a lovely card and a gift for their wedding. Have a nice time. If you're going to go to the wedding, depending on your honeymoon activities, have a good time. Gosh, let it go. I'm sure it'll be fine. I really would like to know if uh, you know it's been discussed amongst the group. What do your friends think about this? Is this a talk topic for your, for your group if you share mutual friends? I know... Rich and I caused a bit of shit in amongst our greater friendship group, and this is friends of friends, who were all sort of going through that stage. Everyone was sort of getting married in a two-year period, a window when we got hitched, and we were the smallest wedding out of everyone. Ours was really teeny tiny compared to some of the others, and when we didn't invite this greater extended group, people really cracked the shits, as we'd say in Australia. And I sort of thought, hey, look, I would love to have the money to invite everyone, but also we wanted a small wedding. We wanted just a group of sort of, you know, 50, 60 people. That was heaps in our mind, and that's what we desired. So we weren't ever planning to have 150 people at our wedding, and the fact that they got a bit shitty made me go, well, you don't, you're not really getting it. And if I'm going to be really honest, I don't care. Ugh. There it is. Thank you so much for writing and also leaving a gorgeous voice message. I delighted in playing that. And I'm so happy that you are uh, listening and enjoying the show. Rich was going to come in and answer this with me. And it's not that he doesn't want to answer this with me, but he's cooking me dinner right now. Again, this is tasks that need to, uh, I need to find a balance. He's cooking me a chicken korma. And I'm going to eat it with delight. I got a wonderful tweet after the Monday's episode, Confessions of an Awful Bridesmaid, which starred me and my beautiful friend, Nicole, or babes. Uh, we basically had a chat about me not being a bridesmaid, but being an MC at her wedding. And I think we've sort of resolved it in a way. It's probably going to take 50 years. Jenny L. Wallace tweeted me, at Jenny Wallace, at Jenny L. Wallace. She says, just going through North Sydney, but sadly on a bus, not in a limo. Love this candid podcast today. Thank you, Jenny. That's so nice. She's acknowledging, she's saying uh, North Sydney was where Nicole had organized for me to go on my surprise 25th birthday. She'd hired the limo driver and uh, it was his first night on the gig. And he clearly had never driven a car above a Toyota Prius sort of size. He was not equipped to be driving a limo and took us down some dangerously small, thin, <laughs> one-way streets in North Sydney, just near the harbour. And we had to basically get out of the car and help him reverse the car out. 
And he kept saying to us in a very stressed way, I'm just trying to get you to your destination. There was nothing relaxing about that journey, but it is funny and it has given us years of laughter at his terrible driving. I often think, I wonder how many more shifts that guy did because surely not many because we barely got to our destination that night and um, oof, it was tra- tragic. Jasmine. Uh, also sent me a lovely tweet this week. She's uh, at Jasmine Jade sixteen eighteen. That's a good big long username, Jasmine. Well done. She says listening to the same podcast ep for the zillionth time because you are just so funny. Jesus, that is so delightful. I'm glad I make you laugh. Someone said to me the other day, "So you're not doing stand up anymore? What's that all about? Why aren't you getting up and club gig- going to club gigs and stuff?" And I actually said, "You know what?" Doing the podcast just delights me. I like being able to share silly, funny things, which is probably what I'd be putting into stand-up comedy. But here's the thing. I can sit in one room and my husband can be in the kitchen cooking me a chicken korma. I don't have to stay up till midnight to do a five-minute set with lots of seedy idiots. Now, that's not true. I love comedians. Not all of them, though. And especially club gigs where you are waiting and they you get there and they do the lineup on the night. I don't know if this is interesting to people, but when you're doing stand-up comedy gigs, you might have a 10 or a 15-minute slot, five minutes. You could be headlining. You could have a 30-minute gig. And you often get there on the night and the organizer will say, great, Alicia, I've put you in, you, you know, we've put you in the second the second act. So that means you've got to stay watching other people's stuff, which is often great through the interval, and then you wait. So sometimes you're not on till 11 o'clock at night, and you're like, oh, I just want to eat dinner and go to bed, which is why maybe stand-up comedy for me as I get older isn't the prime career when I'm thinking about Netflix and my bed and eating chicken korma with my husband. <laughs> Annie sent me a – or Anne. It's Anne with an E. I would read that as Annie, but it could be Anne. Sent me a lovely email. She says, I'm getting married in October 2016. I've been listening to your podcast and I love it. It's been super helpful in a wedding planning way and most of all, helpful in reaffirming that we don't have to do anything just because of tradition. Love you. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Anne or Annie. I agree. Tradition schmission. I think I tweeted that once and uh, got lots of good responses because people just get caught up in the idea of tradition, but we don't think about why we're doing things, which I think is a bit silly sometimes. There it is. I have three more questions. I am just smashing. See, it's because of it's because of Jess. She's put them all in a document, and I think I can really get through some great questions. I'm going to come back and answer three more questions after this. Emily wrote uh, a lovely email to me. I always say lovely email because they are all generally lovely. We only had that one piece of hate mail a couple of months ago, which we still giggle about, which was, um, I don't need to bring this up again. <laughs> I mean, I, I sort of, I like sort of, no, I don't want people to write me hate mail, but it was thinking about stand up and talking about stand up when people would heckle me, I would always sort of secretly delight in bringing them down because I'm like, this is my office. You fucking sit down and shut up. Don't talk over me. Emily says, hi, Alicia. Sorry, Emily. Me and my boyfriend are getting married in April. We're going to keep it very small and simple. Only family are attending. We're getting married in the courthouse and then it's dinner at a restaurant. 
food serving, uh, the food service is going to be family style. I'm a bit afraid that it's just going to be like a family dinner and not that special occasion that it is. We still want it to be wedding-y. I love that you've used that. Uh, my partner isn't very fond of being the center of attention and I am not either. And just a side note here, I don't think a lot of people are. And I think the wedding day is one of those days where, you know, it is about the bride and the groom or the groom and the groom or the bride and the bride. But it's also quite uh, stressful for people that aren't used to attention. Who is really? And, you know, it can be a bit of a worry. So I don't want you to think you're the only one and your partner's the only one that's not up for being the center of attention. But trust me, it can be pretty fun. <laughs> uh, okay. I would like to have something that surprises the guest and maybe also something surprising my boyfriend slash fiance as well. Do you have any ideas? I don't want to do a speech, but I thought of writing a letter for my man and uh, a note to every guest. Love your podcast. She didn't write it in that sing-song way, but I've, I've transposed love your podcast into that sort of tone. Okay. I think this is lovely, and I think it's really nice that you are thinking about your guests, but also, obviously, it's a day about you and what you want to do. I don't think, just straight off the bat, that it will feel like every other family dinner, because you've just gotten hitched. There'll be an energy and vibe there already. However, there are certain things that you can add to your function, your restaurant, your meal, to make it feel a little bit more wedding-y. I really think you should be talking to the restaurant prior to the day. I'm sure you will be, clearly. You're not going to show up and wait outside. But maybe about adding a couple of personal touches to the table. I think adding some wedding-y touches to the table would be great and very easy. And also, I'm sure a restaurant would be able to help you uh, set that up ahead of time and also maybe get a friend or family member who is attending the wedding, I know you said it's it's mainly family, to go along and set the table up, add some flowers, add some little touches, like you said, the notes perhaps. You can create your own little wedding scene within this restaurant. I'm sure the restaurateurs, the people that own the restaurant will be delighted to help you create that and make it your very own special dinner. I don't think there is anything wrong with asking what special touches and special treats they can add to this. It's not going to be extra and expensive if they're good people. If they're not good people, you write to me and you tell me who they are and I will get onto them. But it is just nice to be able to think a little bit outside the box when it comes to setting up a special area and space that makes it feel a little bit like it's not just a dinner because it's not just a dinner. It's your wedding dinner. It's special. When it comes to a surprise, my first thought, and I don't know about you, lovely listeners, was some sort of surprise musician. Now, I don't mean like a mariachi band or someone coming in and being like loud and blah. Not that all mariachi bands are loud and blah. But, you know, if you don't want to create a scene, and obviously you said your partner doesn't really want a big scene, if there's something special um, that is something that you share together, something that means something for you, maybe you like Radiohead. I don't know why I always go back to using Radiohead. Maybe you like a certain sort of music to be played. Maybe there's something that you could pick up off that maybe you like the Beatles. Maybe you could get a John Lennon impersonator. I don't know. There could be something quirky and fun and a bit silly, but also that connects with the the love and the feelings that you have for each other that you could just bring them in and do something a bit sort of crazy. I think that's quite nice and 
it doesn't have to be them doing a whole concert. You don't want it to turn into a show. But to have someone come and, and do something, perform something or or deliver a special gift perhaps. It doesn't have to be expensive. It could be it could be something quirky. I think these are things you should explore. Think creative. Think about something that would make your partner and your guests smile. Something that is a little bit different, but something that is totally you. I don't know if that's been helpful or not, but I do think that you should make the extra little steps of communicating with the restaurant, getting them to help you out with setting up a nice little scene. And also it's fun. You know what I love is that if you've got, I don't know, let's say 15 people, it could be more, it could be less, coming to the wedding, you can go nutso on Etsy or or, or go and have inspiration on Pinterest to find an amazing table setting and great little surprises. And it's not going to cost you a fortune. Just buy 10 of everything or 15 of everything and just create this beautiful little scene. Oh, I want to come. I won't because it's a small family event. But I think it's really exciting that you're doing this. And lovely, I love a courthouse wedding. I really do. I don't know why I keep acknowledging Radiohead. Like Tom York, I'm, what am I? I'm 35 years old. It was, the, it was the band of my generation, but they're a little depressing sometimes, just a little. Get an Elvis impersonator. Fuck, I love Elvis. I love Elvis. Emily, thank you so much for your email. I have to report Dan Burt, my beautiful best friend, who was in last Monday's episode talking about being a best man. I got a text from him. <laughs> oh, this really makes me giggle and it's so mean, but he said that he, unfortunately, a P-plater, a learner, like an early learner driver in Australia. P-platers, I think they're an international thing. You get on your provisionals. Backed over his foot that he had broken on the bushwalk. He had, was nearly mended. He was nearly better. And someone reversed on the foot. I mean, what are the chances of that? If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen. Not only because... It's great. Dan is my was my best man, is the best man. He's one of the best men in my life, I will say. But he unfortunately had a terrible bushwalking accident on my watch while we were in Australia earlier in the year and broke his ankle. And now um, <laughs> oh, I'm still laughing about it. It's awful. Someone ran over his foot again. So he's had double trouble. But he said it was sort of like when you burn yourself, the car went over it so quickly that it really hurt on the day. But he feels like he hasn't got any long-term problems. I'm a bad person. I'm a really bad person. Lovely to receive a uh, another question. I like when people write back with more questions because I learn more about you. And also, I feel like I'm helping you even more. So that's just really nice. Britta has uh, sent me a second question she has written uh, previously. I can't remember what about. But she's very familiar to me. She says, I'm double dipping here. I know, major Seinfeld faux pas. Love it. But I have come across more struggle than anticipated in my wedding planning process. Oh, here we go. Originally, I wrote in and asked about maintaining the peace with divorced parents. Oh, sister, I hear you. There have been some ups and downs there, but it has uh, been nothing compared to the future mother-in-law rampage that has been running amok. <laughs> Oh dear. Let me tell you, every single thing we suggest that is a bit untraditional is not only met with rejection, but with tears in capitals. Jesus. She acts unbelievably childish when she doesn't get her way. She took the reins from my amazing maid chillers uh, with concern to the bridal shower. 
without even asking if it was okay. And now we want to do something super amazing and she has again taken the opportunity to make it about herself. Let's all just take a deep breath because I think, Britta, there are people out there who are feeling your pain. Feel it, sister. My fiancé and I want to set up a ceremony so that it has two aisles. All right, this is good. This way, we will enter at the same time each with both of our parents and meet each other at the front as our parents take their seats. So imagine this. Are we all imagining? There are three sections of seats now in this proposal. My mother and father will each take a side of the aisle and I come down, separating them and hopefully stalling any tension. They're divorced. Let's remember that. And his parents would take the third section. This means my father will be in the middle and she will be all alone where no one will see her and she won't feel important. That's a quote. Hilarious. All alone with her family and all her friends and in the front row, right there in the action. Come on. Come on. She's written. I'm so sorry my sentences are getting shorter when I get annoyed. Help. How do I subdue this (laughs) monster-in-law? Explaining thought processes and being rational just doesn't work. Yes, I know. The only step I can think of is to threaten to uninvite her. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. But apparently that's not very nice. (laughs) I like that you've already said that. Especially since she's helping pay for some of the wedding. We have even incorporating her more into the ceremony and reception, mother-son dance, extended family photos, marriage license ceremony, her walking my fiancé to the altar, etc., to the point where it seems like this is just the mother-in-law day with a little sideshow of marriage. Oh, top work. Yeah, that's a huge exaggeration, but still, my fiancé posits that she'll be unhappy no matter what, so we shouldn't even bother. But she demonizes me in the process. I need some serious help here. All right, that's it. I'm going to go back to my bride chiller status. Everything else is going swimmingly. This is my biggest and almost singular challenge of our wedding planning. All right, Britta, girlfriend. Here it is. I think, I think I'm going to agree with your fiance. It is his mother. He gets it. I am the first one to say you pick your battles and you battle what you need to do. But to me, it seems like this woman will not be, will not be happy. Whatever you do, she ain't loving it. Now you know, you know that you're doing your best. You clearly have made some pretty big, I don't want to say sacrifices, but you've gone out of your way to to appease her and make her feel comfortable. Divorce sucks. No one's happy in divorce unless they're going and marrying someone younger. No, that's not true as well. I'm just saying that, you know, feelings have been hurt, stuff happens, and weddings, as we've said many times before, weddings are often a time when it's a heightened emotional sort of scene. People put a lot of expectations emotionally on and aesthetically on the day. And especially when there's sort of feelings of bringing people together that maybe aren't that comfortable in each other's presence, stuff can get a bit crazy. So clearly you're going out of your way to make her feel comfortable and make her feel like she's a big part of the day. Yes, she's contributing some cash. Lovely. Good on your mother-in-law. But also, you don't need to make this a mother-in-law management day. Like you said, this is your wedding day. This is the one day that's about you guys. It's not about her. So I think you are doing 
everything you can to be helpful to her. But also, I, I'm trying to think of some sort of cliched statement to say, you know, I want to say if you give her enough rope, but you don't, that's the wrong adage to be using here. But if you give her too much power, then, you know, it's sort of like just handing it all over to her saying, yes, your behavior is acceptable, will allow you to keep behaving this way and will appease it because it keeps you quiet. But then we go back to the beginning again and say, well, if you keep allowing her to behave this way and taking over and being stroppy and being a bit crazy about it all, then she wins and it just feeds the childish behavior. So Britta, I think you're being very sensible and very warm and kind in being concerned, but also you can only do so much. So I agree with your partner. I think you need to be able to either just cut her out, not of the whole day, but maybe not allow her the the extra sort of participation because it seems the more you allow her to be a part of it, the more she wants to take over. And then also have some hard words and sort of say, listen, we've made some decisions. We like the three-aisle thing. We're going to go with it. If you don't want to do it, well, then you're going to miss out big time. So I think you should go and sit in the corner and have a long, hard think about it and then do what we want. <laughs> Britta, be strong. You are bride chiller. I think it's nice that you had a bit of an unload. You figured it out, but you need to do what's right for you. It's your day. The end. Thank you so much for writing two emails to me. I'm happy that you are taking me on your wedding planning journey and happy that you all are listening and hopefully enjoying the show. I would love to receive a voicemail from you. I would love to receive something I can put in my snazzy new <laughs> Excel spreadsheet. Gee, I'm proud of myself for having a spreadsheet. I can't tell you the disorganization in my brain to keep this thing going and how I've been doing it for over a year. It wasn't complete disorgan. It was just organized chaos, basically. I knew everything was, mostly. To send me a voicemail, you can visit savethedatepodcast.com and then go to the contact section where you can simply record the voicemail on a wonderful program called SpeakPipe. It's free to use. You can use your handset. You can use your desktop as long as it's got a microphone on it, your laptop, whatever. Or you can simply record a voicemail for me on your Android or iPhone device. Or if you've got a microphone and some sort of other cassette that you could, no, don't do that. Just then email it to me, alicia at savethedatepodcast.com. That is A-L-E-I-S-H-A. That is my name. So happy that you have shared this time with me and I've shared it with you and uh, it's been great. I feel really organized. Congratulations, me. Big pat on the back. <laughs> Until tomorrow's episode, the Friday Quickie, where I share with you a wonderful uh, little mini interview I did with my friend. I nearly said her name at work, but she wishes to remain anonymous, and I nearly just ruined her anonymity. That would have been bad, really bad. But she's also having some mother-in-law problems, quite similar to Britta, and I did a lovely little sneaky interview with her at work, and I really am happy to be sharing that with you tomorrow. Love, love, love you all. Happy days. Save the date wedding podcast. Don't plan your wedding without it.